Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of The Projection Room with your host, Darth Peak and Rambler. That is me, Darth Peak and Rambler, a.k.a. Keen Dalton, a.k.a. Darth Peak and Rambler. Um, thanks for joining me, guys. These three podcasts in one week, you lucky ducks, huh? Jeez, I spoil you now, and you can't say that. You can't say that I, I don't spoil you, huh? Here's a tuppenny go down to the shop and get a loaf of, shif, loaf of fish, huh? I don't spoil you. I do spoil you. I fucking spoil you. Um, took a while to actually get this set up now. I I had, like, the start of it done. You know, I had my, all my prep done, all my little notes made out. Started up the old podcast, and the laptop was, like, low battery. Went over, put in the charger. Moved around the laptop and the mic and stuff and made sure that I was in the right position. I was like, grand going now. And it's still coming up. And I was like, this piece of shit, it is connected. It is in already. What am I doing wrong? Turn around. Not even, not even switched on. The on switch was off OFF. I was devastated at my own stupidity and my own naivety that I would get it right the first time. But anyways, welcome back. Happy Monday, everyone. How are you getting on? <laughs> How are you getting on? How was the start of your week going? How was your weekend? Um, I'm coming to you from second lockdown. Now, there's only a, a, a precious few of us that can say that we're in a second lockdown. Um, and I'm one of those precious few. I'm coming to you from Nace, County Kildare, Gunte Kildara. Um, Kildare, Leash and Offaly in Ireland were put into a second lockdown. Um, going back there a couple of days So we have a two weeks of lockdown again We can't leave Well, we're not supposed to leave We're not supposed to come into the county We're not supposed to leave the county um, You're not supposed to leave Unless you have work or like, you know an, a, 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 a proper reason, you know You're essential traveller or that All that um, But the meat factories are still allowed to stay open So And the curl is going ahead, by the way And all professional sport is going ahead But no amateur sport is going ahead and the pubs are closed. So it's absolutely fantastic crack <laughs> here in Kildare. And I'm assuming Leash and Offaly as well. Um, but yeah, so that's where I'm coming to you from. Um, I feel like it's one of those, you know, 80s, 90s movies like Record Scratch. And it's me, like, walking through Kildare. And it's a freeze frame. It's like, yep, voiceover, Bob Saget. Yep, that's me. I guess you're wondering how I got stuck in this position. And it's just me living in lockdown again. Um, to be honest, nothing's really changing for me because I've been a hermit since the start of lockdown. Gone down to Cork once or twice to see the fam. Um, since restrictions were lifted there a month ago or two months ago. Um, went down for a match once or twice. But that's it, been going to the match, coming back to Kildare. So nothing's really changing for me, which is fine by me, you know, working from home. Um, doing the podcast, doing the writing, but we'll see how it goes. You know, see what it's like because it's 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 um it's a weird situation, um and one that is not really being thought out by, thought out properly by the government. In my humble opinion, in my humble and honest opinion, but that's not what we're here for, guys. I'll probably talk about that on the blog during the week. Rathpeak and Rambler at WordPress dot com. Check it out. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. But what I'm here to talk about is movies. This week, I was supposed to talk about coming-of-age movies. I had a whole thing written out about coming-of-age movies, 
you know, I had some people tell me, um, I had a good suggestion actually from one of my buddies about like to to include like Superbad because that is a coming of age movie. It's a coming of age movie for teenage guys really. Um, that is more real to life than other te- um, coming of age movies. But it all started because I watched The Kissing Booth. And you know what? Okay, we're going to talk about this in a second. But first of all, here is Russ Gray, Liam Dalton, a.k.a. Rusty Gray, coming out of Queens, New York. Absolutely fantastic, talented rapper. Go back and listen to my interview with him from a couple of months ago from the start of this podcast series. And go listen to him on YouTube, Rusty Gray on YouTube. Absolutely fantastic, fantastic rapper slash singer slash performer. Here he is, bringing us into the projection room. I done seen all of these movies, I done read reviews, but all these other critics leave me less amused. I still need opinions, I'm just messing, dude, but it's gotta come from the projection room, yeah, yeah. Yes, it has got to come from the projection room, and it should, all of your movie news slash views and opinions should be coming from the projection room. Thank you, Liam, for that astute observation. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> so yes, the podcast, I had this idea in my head last week, or like a week and a half ago, watched um, The Kissing Booth um, with uh, my GF on Netflix about a week and a half ago, and I decided, um, you know, okay, I'm going to write, and I'm going I'm to do a podcast about um, coming of age movies. And movies like The Kissing Booth and like um, the, you know, To All the Boys I've Loved Before and stuff like that. You know, I had um, just fantastic ideas for this and I was going to talk about all these movies. You know, there's it's great movies like The Edge of Seventeen. Um, there's ones in college. There's ones, in, you know, that, that one from the 90s, Dazed and Confused. There's absolutely fantastic scope for a podcast on that. And I will be talking about that probably next week or at least at some stage in the near future. But then, um, just last night, I said, right, I better watch The Kissing Booth too before I do this podcast to kind of have all my, you know, my ducks in a row and just have, like, you know, a good score of understanding of these movies because these are the newest movies on Netflix, you know, The, the Kissing Booth too, and let's say, like, To All the Boys I Loved Before Part 2. And I'm not going to lie, like, I enjoy these movies. You know, it's, it's not a guilty pleasure because I'm not guilty of it. Like, they're not good. I wouldn't say they're objectively good movies or they're not, like, well-made movies, in my opinion. They're not made for me, so, you know, not that that means I can't say they're bad or good, but they're not made for me, so I'm not going to go tearing them. But that all changed. That all changed last night when I finished The Kissing Booth 2. And I realized that The Kissing Booth 1... The Kissing Booth 2 and the future movie, the movie that is coming out next year, July of next year, The Kissing Booth 3, are um, some of the worst movies I've ever seen. Some of the most laughably bad movies. Still enjoyable to watch. There are part, you know, uh, there are, and the, the things that these movies do, these, um, these coming of age kind of teenage high school American movies, is that they make you care about the main character you still care about what happens even if they're laughably bad laughably badly made or like enjoyable to watch but still absolutely terrible movies you still care about the protagonist and what happens to him slash her usually her but what happens to him slash her and see what happens to them you know but 
the kissing booth one and two is not only laughably bad laughably bad why can't i say that laughably bad but it also has some terrible terrible messages for young women and also some really 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 disgusting behavior from the main male characters and that is why i decided to change the podcast to call it the projection room the kissing booths plural because the main male characters are just so disgusting no they're not all bad but they're they have some really toxic male behavior that i just have to talk about I just, I have to talk because I was talking to Katie last night when we were watching The Kissing Booth and I was like, I've got to do a podcast. And she was like, yeah, it's so bad. And I was like, that, but also that the two brothers in this movie are absolutely, they're just assholes. And they treat the main female character, Elle Evans, played by Joy King, they treat her like their possession and it's just not right. But the movie is made that she just accepts it, so that's why I want to talk about it. But before we get into that, I'm going to have a couple of um, points on, on that later on. But before we go into that, I'm just going to quickly go through The Kissing Booth and The Kissing Booth 2, kind of describing the plot and see what happens. You know, tell you what happens and let you decide if you want to watch it. So, I'd sk- if you don't want to hear what happens in the movie, I'd skip ahead maybe five or six minutes. If I'm still talking about this movie in five minutes, I'll keep an eye on the time here. I'll give another little warning. So skip ahead five minutes and I'll give another warning. Say, I'm nearly done or I am done or, you know, whatever. So just, but anyways, so the kissing booth one and two. So we're introduced to the main character, Elle, played by Joy King, um, as she's going to her first day of like her junior year. So that's like, you know, fifth year. For anybody listening in Ireland, that's fifth year. Um, it goes f- uh, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. So senior is your sixth year, your final year of school. So Elle is going into her junior year, and she's best friends with this guy called Lee, and they have a whole set of rules, you know, like different best friend rules. And some of them are kind of quirky, some of them are cute, some of them are adorable, some of them are more serious, like, you know, rule. I don't know the, the number of the rules, because I'm not a sad fuck. But... <laughs> That's fair. that's harsh now on anyone who does know the numbers of the rules. You're not a sad fuck. I'm just I'm just an asshole. Um <laughs> they, they have one rule where it's like you can't um L can't go out with Lee's older brother Noah. So Lee's older brother Noah is like the star of the football team. Although we never see him play football in this movie, but that's you'll get used to that. You'll get used to continuity errors and con- continuity errors and just Things that are said that don't mean a fucking shit throughout the rest of the movie. But anyways, but he also is a bit of a hothead. And he's he's a handsome bastard, like he's a handsome bastard. And he's ripped to death. Um, but Elle is starting to like him and has a bit of a crush on him. But she can't tell Lee because it's one of their best friend rules. So anyways, it goes on and Elle and Lee are in school. And they have to come up with an idea for the homecoming fundraiser. And they come up with a kissing booth. Because there's nothing wrong with the kissing booth in um, modern day life, you know. There's nothing creepy or kind of wrong or cruel about that, or the the opportunity for for cruel mocking from your fellow peers. But anyways, and L says that they have got Lee's older brother Noah to do it, even though they haven't. 
So basically, the whole premise of the movie is her trying to get Noah to do the kissing booth. Um, Elle goes through some sort of like kind of not a breakdown, but she's kind of letting herself go. She's no, she you know she's letting herself go a bit more. She's having a bit of fun in school. She's making more friends. Um, but she's getting drunk a lot, and Noah Noah is very protective of her in a brother sister kind of way. About 15 minutes later, they're like, you know, going out. They're making out and stuff. So she has to keep this from Lee. She's now going out with Lee's older brother, Noah. Noah has problems with his temper, as I said. And while they're keeping it secret from people, he's getting annoyed with guys hitting on her and stuff. Um, it ends up in a big showdown. They end up they end up getting together anyways before Noah goes off to college in Harvard on a scholarship. So that's the end of the first movie is Elle and Noah are together. Elle and Lee have a big showdown and... You know, the fact that he's, he doesn't like that she's with his brother, but she's like, you can't, that's not what a best friend is, you know, you have to be happy for me. So that's the end of the movie, they get together. Second movie starts, Noah's in Harvard, Elle is in, um, I think they're California, they're in San Francisco, yeah, because there's Amoeba music um, in it. So yeah, they're in California, Noah's in Boston, and... Starts off and Elle just assumed, she says it herself at the start of the movie, Elle just assumed that they just break up eh, when he went away. But they didn't talk about it. Because nobody talks about anything in this movie. Everybody just lets everything happen. And then they all explain themselves at the end and they're all like, oh, so stupid. We're so silly. We were so perfect for each other all the time. But they were all, they're all idiots. Like, they're all fucking idiots. But sure, look, they're all 16, 17, 18. I was an idiot back then as well. You know what? No. You know what? No, I was a fucking gent. I was a nice kid. I'm being too hard on myself. I was a lovely guy. No, <laughs> Anyways, I'm going off track. So, there's obviously a second kissing booth because that's what's going on. But there's a new kid in school. So while Elle and Noah aren't exactly kind of getting on as well as they thought they would, Elle suspects Noah of cheating. Noah's keeping things from her. Um, she's getting upset and he's just kind of like not explaining himself, as I said. There's a new kid in school. Um, turns out then, as an aside, that Elle... Elle's father um, doesn't have enough money or it's not really said but what I think happens is that you know he's basically just warning her like any good parent would like you know you're going to have to think about schools or trying to get scholarships because I'm a single pa- I'm a single father and I have your younger brother to take care of as well you know oh by the way guys five minutes if anybody's coming in five minutes I'm still explaining the second movie so give me another two or three minutes I'll check back in and so she sees, you know, in the first movie, her and Lee are big into this dance, ma- dance, dance mania thing, you know, in the arcade, that that game. And she just, she sees, she miraculously, you know, sees that there's a competition to win $50,000 um, with this, like, you know, international dance, dance mania competition. Um, in California, luckily enough, you know, you couldn't write it, guys. You couldn't write it. How lucky is RL? And she enters with Lee all the while going on. There's a lot more going on in this movie, actually, and it's a lot worse than the first movie. But anyways, all the while, Lee Lee's girlfriend, Rachel, who he gets with at the end of the first movie, is kind of pressuring him to stop hanging out. Or not stop hanging out with Elle, but for Elle to stop hanging out with them all the time because she doesn't get any alone time with Lee. And... Lee fakes an injury and gets this new kid, Marco, who's, like, really handsome again. They're all handsome bastards. Like, you know, it's actually... They are all handsome guys. He persuades Marco to join Elle. 
and they are doing the thing and El grows closer with this guy Marco um, Noah is in Boston kind of growing apart from El and it all culminates in El thinking that Noah cheated on her and El kissing this guy Marco after they've just nailed the dance competition they've won the $50,000 shock horror the main character won the $50,000 prize and Noah is in the crowd Noah appears out of nowhere in the crowd and sees that El has cheated on him ah oh, jeez this is boring as fuck but look we'll keep going nearly at the end now as I said nobody explains anything to each other they all just believe what they want to believe um, so I'll go into a bit more detail about like Noah and Lee in a while because I have major problems with them but anyways basically go towards the end of the movie L doesn't get with the new guy even though he's perfect for her um, she gets back with Noah even though he can't string two fucking sentences together um, Lee is fine who else is there oh yes and you know what I'll go into it at the end but basically one of the rules of the friendship is that they ha- that L and Lee have to go to the same college because that's where their moms became best friends and L's mom died a couple of years ago from cancer so um, she's really close with Lee's mom as well so that's one of their rules is that they have to go to the same school which is University of California at Berkeley in California obviously and L then Noah is like asking her, oh, why don't you come to Boston? We could be closer together. All the while being a dick, but I'm not taking away from my future, my future points coming up in two or three minutes, guys. Anyways, at the end of the movie, she gets into both. She gets into both, and that's setting up the third movie. And I, just, I I'm gonna have to go watch the third, third movie. I'm not buying the book. I'm not wasting my time reading the book, but I I want to watch the third movie. So that's basically at the end of the movie is she's with Noah still. Um. And now she's gotten into both Harvard and both... She's gotten into both Harvard and UCA Berkeley. So that's kind of where I'm at. And while I did say that both were bad, they are enjoyably bad. You know, there are parts, like there are some very, very funny, funny moments. I'll go into that in a short while. But there are some very, very funny moments that you will, will really enjoy. But before I get into those funny moments that you'll enjoy, um, I want to talk about the Flynn brothers. Noah, Elle's boyfriend, and Lee, Elle's best friend. You know, both highly problematic individuals. So, without further ado, here we go with The People versus Noah Flynn. <laughs> All rise for the Honorable Judge Keen Dalton, residing out of his bedroom because he doesn't have a recording studio. All rise. Thanks for joining me here today. This is the case of the people versus Noah Flynn, a.k.a. Jacob Elordi. How do you plead? Stupid. Anyways. Um, so, yeah. Right. I have a, I have a bone to pick with both the Flynn brothers, but we're going to start with Noah, because that's Elle's love interest, and this is, um, this, these, these films are based off books, right, and, you know, as books, they're probably fine, um, you know, 
the books, the films aren't, they're not made for a 26-year-old man who's going to go on a podcast and rant about them. But whatever direction that the directors or the, the showrunners or the producers decided to take these male characters in and present them to as like kind of sex symbols kind of you know to younger girls because that's these movies are marketed towards girls in high school secondary school watching these and you know seeing these guys taking interest in the kind of like awkward funny girl you know the behavior that they present towards her is abhorrent Really, and maybe I'm shining too serious a light on this kind of light-hearted movie, but I have to bring it to your attention. It's absolutely, um, excuse me, sorry, There's I'm belching a lot recently, guys. You know, I don't know what's going on, but that's not getting edited out because it's just, uh, it's, it's disgusting enough. And it's an allegory and a metaphor for Noah Flynn, the disgusting piece of belch. But anyways... I have a few points here written down about um, my case against Noah Flynn. So, first point is simply he's a dickhead. He is a dickhead. He's, in the first movie especially, no, we don't see a lot of him in the second movie. And I think that's also because, I mean, maybe I haven't read the books, so maybe that's what happens in the books. But also, Jacob Elordi, who plays Noah, and Joey King, who plays Elle, were actually an item while filming and when the first movie came out. And then they weren't together um, they broke up then before the second movie and the third movie, they, which were filmed back to back before they were filmed. So they weren't together in this um, while this was filming. We don't see a lot more of them. And L is the main character. We're all here for L, you know. We're not here for the Flynn brothers. Um, but anyways, he's a dickhead. First movie, he starts off and he's just your normal kind of jock type guy, whatever. But he's very protective of L, you know. So the whole thing, the first scene is just ridiculous. Ridiculous. So Elle is at home. She's getting ready for school and her pants rip. And she's like, 10th grade girl with an 11th grade body or something weird like along along those lines. And she only has like a really short, short pair of shorts. Now, I mean, I was uncomfortable watching this only for the fact that I knew that Joy King is like an 18 or 19. But she was 18. She was 19 when that movie came out. So she was 18 when it was filming. I hope to fucking Christ she was 18. I'm sorry in advance, but <laughs> but basically you can see her arse. Like you can see her whole arse, you know, and she's wearing this to school, which is a problem in the second movie as well. I got to say this now before I get into this. I'm sorry. I know I'm going off point already, but I don't know. Is it my place to say or am I just being too critical? But the shorts, the, the, the skirts that these girls are wearing in this school are all so, so short. Like that can't be real like that can't be a real thing in america because and i maybe it's just because i'm used to school in ireland where the uniforms are all the same they were like nun skirts you know like down to your fucking ankles i mean or at least down to your knees you know but these they're like going out skirts like <laughs> they're like going out skirts you know you'd wear them out like do you know what i mean but anyways, so Elle has these short pairs, uh, short, really short skirt on, because that's all she has. That's her backup backups. And some guy comes over and smacks her ass. And then Noah comes over and beats the shit out of this guy for doing that, which is fair enough. Like, you know, first of all, you're like, whoa, you know what, fair play to you. And then 
turns out he's just getting in fights all the time anyways. So you're like, okay, so that's not really out of character. He's not really, he's sticking up for El, but he's also like, you know, he comes over and he beats the shit out of the guy straight away, which is fair because that guy sexually assaulted El. But anyways, then later on in the movie, another guy is like trying to take advantage of El and he comes over and beats the shit out of him. And El's getting annoyed at him. You're like, why are you getting annoyed? But then he's just a dickhead because, which is my next, my next point, El runs away because he's always getting in fights and he's just a very violent, angry person and all this. And then she runs away. She runs away from the beach where they are in this scene and he runs after her and he's like, El, El, and she's running away. And he slams his hand down on the bonnet of a jeep and shouts, El, stop, and slams his hand down. And she stops and she's like visibly frightened and she turns around and she gets back in the car with him. And I remember watching him be like, that is such a shit lesson to be teaching anyone. Why would you put that in the movie? Like, I just couldn't get over it. So, like, you're basically promoting this guy who's fighting everyone that goes near her. Apparently, like, I'm not condoning the guy slapping her ass. Like, don't get me wrong. It's different parts in the movie where the guys come up and be like, oh, well, I wanted to ask you to prom... But Noah said he'd put me through the locker if I did so and all this. And it's like, whoa. Like, she gets stood up from a date because of Noah doing this. But anyways, it's that piece of violence. Like, you know, um, I don't know. You know, uh, is it a precursor to domestic violence? Slamming your hand down and be like, hey, hey, stop it, stop it. You know, like, you can't be promoting that to susceptible young girls and young men watching these shows. And deeming that as okay. So that's my main point about him. He's also, as I said, very possessive about it. Starts off as a brother-sister vibe. Gets romantic. And it just, it already turns insidious. Like, you know, he's already, like, as I said, going around to guys telling him, don't go near L. L is not for you. And it's like, L is her own fucking person. You know what I mean? So he's a dickhead, he's very possessive, he slams his fist on the car, on the jeep bonnet in the, in the first movie, really, really alarming, and he gets in a fight with his brother, he has no relationship with his brother at all, you know, it's really weird, um, not weird because that happens, but you know, it's just like there's literally no relationship with them at all. Um, then in the second movie, he's lying to her all the time, so she's jealous of this friend who's like really beautiful girl who seems really worldly, telling stories, you know, about her time in Africa and places, like, and he gets on really well with her, and El suspects him of cheating with her, and he, but then he starts lying and saying he's not hanging out with her anymore, even though he's just going to concerts with this girl. Um, And then when he's caught out, he doesn't own up to it, and even at the end of his apology, I'm doing quotation marks now, he doesn't apologize. It's a load of fucking shit. So, He's just, he's a liar, he's a dickhead, he's a violent man, and he's not right for L, but of course they get back together. Um, which really annoyed me because the to all the boys I've loved before, the second movie, um, Lara Jean is talking to, is it John Ambrose? Yes, John Ambrose. Uh, I can't remember the main guy's name, but it's it's almost, it's very similar to this, like, you know, like, Lara Jean. And I'm not condoning cheating, like, obviously I'm not condoning cheating. I would never condone cheating. But the main guy was not treating her well at all. But they stuck with him just because that's all they know. Like, even in the end of this movie, 
um, Elle, who's 17, 18, the character is saying to Noah, who's 18, 19, like, you're the one. It's always been you, Noah. It's like, no, it hasn't always been him, though, has it? Because you've had that rule for years, do you remember? Do you remember that big rule that you abided by for 16 years where you couldn't go out with him? It, was, it wasn't It was always him, though, was it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't Elle. It wasn't always him. And don't be lying to us on the screen. So... <laughs> So that's my case against um, Noah Flynn, okay? I just think he's an absolutely terrible character for anybody to see anything in. And I've seen a lot of tweets. I looked up tweets on um, Twitter, little little-known website, if anybody knows it. It's called Twitter. Um, you know, and there was a lot of, like, I would assume young girls, young women, young guys, whatever, Saying that, you know, saying, oh, I love Jacob Elordi, like the guy who plays him, but the character is a piece of shit. So that is The People versus Noah Flynn. Coming right up on Judge Judy is The People versus Lee Flynn. Right, so this this one is actually a bit more controversial because they're best friends since they were born. In the first movie, it's it's said that they were born on the the same feckin' second. They'd have you believe they would. L and Lee would have you believe that they came out of the same fucking womb. All right, fucking attention seekers is all there. No, but they they're apparently born on the same day, same time, in the same hospital. You know, their mothers are best friends. You know, they're always always going to be best friends. Um. But throughout both movies, Lee Flynn is just as bad as his brother for being possessive of L. Evans. Um, now, the two actors have fantastic friendship chemistry there. Like, they are so funny together. They are brilliant. They're real, like, kind of good. You know, they're really enjoyable to watch because they're funny. They're kind of quirky, kind of stupid. Not stupid as in, like, uh, but, like, you know the the jokes and stuff like that are, are are simple enough that they're just enjoyable but if you delve deep not even that deep if you kind of even look into Lee Flynn's character you'll you'll understand that this guy has some issues as well so in the first movie they have that rule as i said you know um can't go out with uh, Lee's older brother Noah and Lee has, you know, real issues with his brother because his brother is older, he's more talented, his brother's ripped. Lee's not. He's just your normal run-of-the-mill kid. And he lets that affect every part of his life. And then when L, when he finally finds out that L and um, Noah are together, he flips the lid. He doesn't talk to L. He won't talk to her ever again. All this, all this stupid shit. Um, eventually they become I can't remember how they kind of get over it I think they have some rule about talking about things but you know Elle has this like this talk with him at the end of the movie and she's like Lee being my best friend doesn't mean that you decide who I'm with it means supporting me who I'm with which is eh, dodgy too like you know if someone's a dickhead you're not going to support them all the time but you know then she's like what if I told you I didn't like Rachel he's like well I'd break up with her then I was like that's Lee, come on, man. Like, it's it's nearly like they started out with the idea or the author started out with the idea or whoever adapted the book started out with the idea that they were going to get together. And then when they found that they couldn't do that, 
they just let Elby herself and Lee become obsessed with her because he has this weird ownership over her. And it's, you know, I've read story, not stories, but I've read um, tweet threads about this, about like, and I've seen girls tweeting about it, about how guys were only friends with them to kind of, you know, get with them or get in their pants. And then also just kind of be their boss for lack of a like I'm kind of, it's hard to articulate when I'm saying it off the on the fly but you know what I mean like girls you know being friends with guys for a long time and then if they turn down the guy or they finally tell the guy like you know what he's doing is wrong he flips the lid and he he throws his ties out of the pram and he's he won't have anything to do that's exactly what happens here with Lee you know, and it happens in the second movie too. So as I said, they had this thing where they they want to go to the the same college, and so a bit of backstory. Lee Lee's girlfriend Rachel turns around to Lee and says, "Lee, L is around too much. Me and you need our alone time, which is fair." And Lee says, "Leave with me, babe. I'll I'll take care of it." Lee doesn't take care of it. He he doesn't do anything. He lies to both L and Rachel. And Rachel believes that Lee has spoken to Elle when he hasn't. So she takes it all out on Rachel and says, why don't you just leave us alone? So she's a lie to Rachel. Lee never tells her that he hasn't said anything to Elle. And then when Rachel confronts Elle at another at Thanksgiving or something, um, Rachel flips the lid and Elle is like, what are you talking about? And Lee's like, I'm so sorry, I never said anything. Um, but he's also annoyed at Elle because Elle is thinking of going to Harvard to be with Noah. And it's just this really weird thing where Lee is really annoyed at Elle, but you're like, you're a piece of shit, man. You're after letting Elle take the fall for you not saying anything to her. You're also annoyed with her for thinking of going to a different college. You don't spend any time with your girlfriend without Elle. You forget to tell your girlfriend that you're picking her up at the cinema and you leave there for 45 minutes. He's, 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 he's not a nice guy, you know. He's a very funny guy, but he's not a nice guy. Um, so that was kind of that was the first part that you know he's a weird ownership over L, but he also doesn't own up to anything, and he he just feels like L is his in my in my opinion. Is he a bit of an incel? I don't know. Like you know, he in the first movie he's consistently or constantly complaining that he doesn't get girls. He's living in his brother's shadow, and then he gets with Rachel, and um, you know all is right with her. But before that, he was a bit insufferable. You know, talking about going out with people and stuff. And he just, a bit of a complex, you know, a bit of a persecution complex. Um, you know, he's lying to everyone, not a good trait. I think the main thing is his ownership over L. you know. And it, it's both the Flynn brothers have this. So, like, L is trying to decide between going to UC at Berkeley or else Harvard. When both these guys would probably drop her, you know, you know, drop her straight away for anything better leave her you know and it's just very it's 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 actually hard to watch sometimes because you're like jesus l there's so many other colleges you could go to anywhere you could go to you go to uc berkeley you make your own friends but she's she's basing all her decisions on these guys and at the the very last scene is her opening up the two acceptance letters and she's like oh boy so yeah this is your opportunity to say fuck you to the two flins and go and live your own life you know it's actually kind of hard, and it's very, I don't know why it upsets me so much, but I just think it's the message that it's portraying. You know, if I, you know, just thinking like there could be girls or young boys out there watching, and they see like that she responds to that guy hitting the the Jeep, 
and saying, "Oh, come back here," and they'd be like, "Oh, that's that's normal, I guess." You know, he's he really wants her to turn around. So he's slapping the jeep because he really wants her to turn around. I I guess that's normal. When it's not, that's really insidious behavior. That's really toxic, and it shouldn't be normalized on Netflix on a, like a, a really best-selling movie slash book of all time, you know. Um, and also Lee's thing, like you know, that he gets really annoyed, and Lee comes around in the end, and he's you know he's getting better, and he's understanding Elmore and understanding the friendship a bit more. But he hasn't learned, he hasn't changed, and he hasn't like really apologized. He hasn't said anything. He's still hanging out with Rachel and L, and he's not he's not fair to any woman in his life. And it just annoys me. It annoys me that the two Flynns are like made out to be these kind of misunderstood, you know, cheeky, charming guys when they're kind of they're just toxic young men who appear to have too much influence over the women in their lives, especially Elle, who you know her her dad we don't see much of her dad or her brother in this movie especially in the second movie we see a lot more of them in the first maybe we'll see them in the third movie i don't know but so i rest my case against the flynn brothers please if anybody has any arguments counterpoints let me know what did you think of noah and lee flynn do you think that they're toxic men are all men toxic let me know please do let me know get in touch i'd actually really like to talk about that because I feel like, especially with this movie, and it's so, like, marketable to young women, especially, it should be addressed. And I, if anybody has any thoughts on that, please let me know. So rest my case against the Flynn Brothers. You can all sit down now. Finally, not finally, but, you know, there were some very questionable scenes, or funny scenes, but kind of weird in both movies. And I just want to, like, tell you a few of them so that you kind of have a grasp of what I'm talking about here. So, like... In the first movie, um, Elle is just all over the place. Like, There's a scene where she gets paint all over her face and she's running down the hall. She somehow manages to find a bathroom, but surprise, surprise, drum roll please, it's the men's bathroom and all the male, the young male population of the school are in there and they're all in various states of undress. And Elle comes in and Noah sees her straight. He's like, Elle, what are you doing? you got to get out of here. Reasonably enough, I thought. You know, but he maybe he didn't have to go over and say it to her. You know, he's he's it's the ownership thing again. He's coming, he's like, Whoa, you know, I better save the day and get L out of here. I'm Noah Flynn, and he runs over and she's like, You're not the boss of me, Noah. And it's that's basically the whole conversation. And then she starts doing like this kind of weird, like trying to be a sexual dance around all these boys. And I think her top comes off at one stage as well. Like, I'm just, I just don't. I can't even wrap my head, head around it, guys. can't wrap my head around it. As I already said, that first scene where you can actually see her arse. You can actually see the cheeks. You can see the cheeks, guys. Questionable. Questionable. Um, Yes. Oh, yeah. Questionable scenes. Noah banging his fist on the Jeep. That's very questionable. That's just... as I, I've already talked about that. We're not going to go into that again. Um, The two brothers fighting at the end... Ah, the acting was just very bad. Like the acting was so bad, but it was everyone was blaming as I said, everyone blaming everyone else. Um, there was a lot more scenes in that first movie, but it was it was kind of unforgettable. I suppose I watched a week and a half ago. The second movie has some hilarious scenes. 
So we had the first scene was um, Elle gets tricked into describing the new kid's body because someone shows her a, a video of him working out. And it's a really close-up video. I don't know how anybody would have gotten this video, but Elle's like accidentally turns on the speaker for the microphone for the school. And she launches into like a 10-minute description of this guy's body. And it's really bad. It's really... It's not funny at all. It's it's cringy. Like, I, I was actually sitting there with my head in my hands going like, oh my God, this has to stop. I'm embarrassed for this fictional character. Um, the second scene, this, I actually, I cackled at this. Like, my laugh ranges from, you've heard it on this podcast, um, like, my laugh goes high. If I find something kind of really funny, my my laugh goes high. You know, it's, 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 um, it's just my laugh. If something catches me off guard, I have a booming laugh, you know, like that. It's really funny. It will eventually turn into a high-pitched laugh, like a hyena on it, uh, um, almost. But it starts off as like a... <laughs> like that, you know. So this happens. So Elle is practicing for this dance competition with uh, Marco, the new kid. They're chatting away. And then she tells him, oh, I'm having trouble with my boyfriend. They, they go out for like a little walk around. Um... It's just the two of them. They don't have anything with them. They're just walking around. They're on the Ferris wheel. They go get food. And they're sitting on the beach. And they're chatting away. Like, you know, they're chatting away. They're, they're having a nice conversation. You're like, geez, they might actually kiss. And you know what? They look nice together. And out of nowhere, out of fucking thin air, Marco produces a guitar. I wept. I wept with laughter. He pulls out the guitar. And starts playing a song, but he doesn't sing. He just hums, and the last thing is a close up of his eyes. <laughs> he pulls a guitar out of thin air. Like there was no guitar. They were on the Ferris wheel. No guitar. They were in the arcade. No guitar. They were eating yogurts wherever they were. No guitar. Suddenly, guitar pops out, and that's just the power of cinema. You know, that is the power of cinema. Um. Another questionable scene towards the end is the second, you know, the kissing booth too obviously had a kissing booth in it. Towards the end, um, Lee and L both just briefly both broken up with them, um, not briefly, or recently broken up with their boyfriends, partners, girlfriends. They're both doing the kissing booth straight away. They have no regard for, they have no regard for anyone's feelings. You know, they're like, oh, this will make me feel better. And that's what I'm talking about. Every character in this fucking movie is a bad person. Not bad person, but they're self-centered. They're all 16, 17, 18, so they're going to be self-centered. But there's no, like, you know, there's no fucking common sense in any of them. And Sherlock, it's true in real life as well, I suppose. Um, There was a really, really nice thread to the second movie, actually, um, which showed a guy wrestling with his sexuality and realizing that he had a crush on another guy in their year. And, you know, it's it's shown briefly throughout the kind of thing. It's like, you know, at the start, they're like, he's picking him on some sport team and he, he just wants to help him out. And you kind of get it like this guy likes him. And then at the end, the guy who's wrestling with his sexuality um, goes to do the kissing booth and he has his head down. It's really, it's really intense. And this girl comes up trying to kiss him, and he, he just can't do it. He he has the blindfold on. He has the blindfold on, but he just can't. He doesn't know who it is. He can't do it. His head is down. He looks up, and he takes off the blindfold, and he searches the audience, and he sees Miles. He sees Miles, the apple of his eye, the object of his affection. 
and it's all dead silent and then this really cheesy pop song comes on and I had to laugh and I had to explain myself I was like I'm not laughing at this like I don't think that it's funny that this guy wants to get this guy that's a very normal thing but and it's a it's maybe I shouldn't have explained myself because that's just me feeding into like it not being normal when it is normal but it was just so funny like as in the, the the song came on and he runs over and they have this really passionate kiss but it was so cheesy and cliched for me that I was like oh my god like this is actually happening but it was a really nice thread and it was something new because I was sick to death of Elle and Lee and Elle and Noah and Noah and fucking whoever and all these fucking idiots and assholes you know but then you know the movie is made for me like do you know what I mean I shouldn't be not that I shouldn't be critical of a movie. I can be critical of something if I want to be critical of it. You know, we all have agency. We all have options. We all have choice. You have the choice of the agency to not listen to this. You have the choice of the agency to go and really enjoy the movie. You know, you make your own decisions. But this, for me, just the problematics, the problems with the characters, you know, there was just some very... It was very predictable. It wasn't a good movie. It wasn't a good movie. I would not recommend it, but I would recommend it to watch with a view to enjoying how bad it is. You know, these movies, they they, they make you care about the protagonist. Like, I could mock Elle and Noah and Lee all day, but at the end of the day, I sat through those movies, and for the whole four hours, because they're both two hours long, for the whole four hours, I actually genuinely cared about what happened to those people. Um... And Sherlock, maybe it's because there was glimpses of them being better characters in other parts, or maybe it was because, I don't know, it was because I was watching for two hours, I got invested, but Sherlock, all I can say is, it's on Netflix, both movies are on Netflix, the next one is coming out next year, the Lee, Lee, the Flynn brothers cancelled, hashtag cancelled, hashtag they're gone, you know, I haven't heard of anybody being cancelled recently, so I want to be the first to cancel the Flynn brothers. You know, I can still not like this movie, even though it's not made for me. You know, so I don't want to recommend it, but go watch it if you have nothing else to do. Um, And it's just, just watch out for what I was talking about, you know. There are some instances in there with... with um, Noah and Lee where you will pinpoint their kind of toxic male behaviour straight away and it's an important conversation to have or it's an important thing to see and it's it's possibly a part, important conversation to have with um, maybe some women in your life ask them what they think of that or ask yourself how you feel if you watch that if you watch him slam his hand off the fist slam his hand off the fist slam his fist off the bonnet of the jeep and shout at her. And if you don't feel like a pang of like, whoa, that's a bit dodge. Like, you want might want to... I'm not, you know... I'm not a registered psychologist. I'm not a registered... I'm not I'm not legally allowed to give you this advice. But, you know, you want to check yourself if you don't feel a bit of kind of like, whoa, that's a bit dodgy there. You know, a bit of pang of her, like kind of... You know, secondhand shame watching that. But anyways, guys, thanks for sticking around. That was The Kissing Booths. Um, they're both on Netflix. Go check them out if you want. Um, Joey King is very is actually a very good actress. So look, if nothing, go watch it for her. Um, just you know, thanks for thanks for listening. Um, 
what I would ask people to do is if you want to go on Spotify or Apple and subscribe on Apple and follow on Spotify and give me a little rating on Apple and um, just to boost my ratings up and kind of get the podcast out there. Um, you know, I have this one every Monday. I have the odd second breakfast episode. I got a good response to the second breakfast episode on Friday. Could be doing more of them maybe. If anybody has any suggestions on what I should do my podcast or do uh, the second breakfast on, you know, I have a few ideas for the next few weeks, but I, I always welcome ideas. Um, if anybody would like to kind of contribute and help me out, um, I do have a subscription on my WordPress. Um, it's on my it's my pinned tweet and my pinned Facebook post. Um, thanks for all the support so far. I hope you have a fantastic week. Anybody in Kildare, Leash, or Offaly, stay strong. Anybody in Ireland, stay strong, because we'll probably all be on lockdown in the next few weeks. Welcome. Join us. Join us. <laughs> have a fantastic week, guys. I'll chat you next Monday, and I can't wait. Talk to you then. Uh, this is nothing that you've seen before. Yeah. This is not something for the green sea low. This is something that we need dope Reviews of the movies, favorite TV shows Or take you lit talks about life That's just in second breakfast Two themes in one podcast Huh, this man is restless He got just what you seeking Scrambler, he is the wrath peaking rambler